is a really strange uh, experience for me because, you know, I don't know whether you know, but I'm an ex-rugby player and I've stood in front of probably hundreds and hundreds of giant men. And most of the time it was out without fear. And, you know, I was thinking about that this morning. And now I'm standing up here and to be honest with you, I feel like a little bit of a mouse. <laughs> and the, the reason for that is um, because when I went out on the pitch, I was against man and I was representing man. But here I stand and I'm representing God. So that's, I think, what has humbled me to feel a bit mouse-like. Um, so uh, as you may or may not know, I love Jesus and I am desperate for other people to know that love. And I've been called to be an evangelist and that is to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And uh, you know what? Um, for months and months and months, I've just wanted to shake myself up, shake the church up. It's probably even more than months, years, and to really grasp hold of everybody and say, come on, this is what we need to do. So when I was given the opportunity to stand here and uh, explain my heart, um, I was right, okay, I know the scriptures. I'm just going to get all these scriptures together, these powerful scriptures, and I'm going to declare them over everyone. Everyone's going to be convicted by the power of those words and the power um, of God's love. And they're going to respond by going out and witnessing to Jesus Christ and the love that he has for us. Now that got me on a journey. It started, started me looking at these massive monster scriptures and it just scared the living daylights out of me. It, I was just like, what on earth is going on here? These are massive, massive scriptures. And every time I was trying to grasp one to share with you, it was like I hit a brick wall and I was like, I just can't do this. I can't share these massive scriptures without having a little look at my life. Now, as a rugby player, you go in and you hit first, and then afterwards, you kind of think, what happened? And that's exactly how I see my walk with Jesus on many occasions, is I go in head first, and then I work out what happened afterwards. So what I want to try and do is take you on a journey. Um, of It's a journey of love. And this journey... Um, it's, it started off by me searching for something to share with you. And then it reflected what has actually happened to me over the last four and a half years. And uh, it's looking at those big scriptures that I was trying to convince every single one of you to witness the love of Jesus that broke me. And I look, I look at what, I look at one scripture, uh, and it's in Luke, and it's a Pharisee saying to Jesus, he says, he says, look, what do I need to do to inherit eternity? And he, he sort of turned, Jesus turned around to him and he says, you know, all you, all you have to do is love your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, with all your soul. You have to commit everything to God and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Just a small little thing to get into heaven. A tiny thing. And I was looking at it and I was like, my goodness, how on earth could that happen? How can, how can a person come from not knowing God to loving him with everything that they have? It's just absolutely 
impossible. It seems like an impossible task. You know, I, I, I find it difficult. Oh, I, there was a time in my life where I found it difficult just to even love my children. Talk about loving God with everything that I've got, everything of my existence, to love him with that. And then to love other people that are quite often hateful and disrespectful. Um, how is that possible? So there is a brick wall I hit. The next scripture was, if you love me, you'll follow my commandments. Okay, right, we'll look at that one then. That's, you know, there's got to be something in that. Another brick wall. How on earth can I follow your commandments? Well, we know in Romans it says that no man has ever followed the commandments in full apart from Jesus Christ. I'm like, so, so we've got these massive things over our heads. And we're all called to witness. It's a commandment. We're meant to be witnessing Jesus Christ to everybody. But how, how, how is that possible? How can we do it? And also, we, some of us have been called to evangelize the good news. That means to live a life where you're witnessing constantly. So anyway, I abandoned that. I thought, there's no way I'm going to be able to convict uh, everyone on that. I can't even convict myself on it. And I was just asking God for a scripture. And uh, the Bible is an amazing thing. It's the word of God. It's never let me down. And all the promises in it are completely and utterly true. So God, with his grace, has given me a wonderful scripture. Uh, it's Ephesians 3, 14 to 19. If I can have up, that up, Ben, that would be great. I'm just looking. Um, my dear wife, Heidi, has, uh, has put these little lovely butterflies um, to mark where my scriptures are today. And I think that's, in a way, it's a lovely thing, but I also think she's feeling a little bit bad about something that happened last night. I, uh, I was going through my uh, notes, and I said, uh, you know, I was kind of fishing for some encouragement. I said, you know, it's a bit of a mess, really. And um, she says, yeah, yeah, I think, I think you should just leave it at home. <laughs> so I've taken her advice. I've left it at home. But what she has done is uh, put these little markers. So uh, I want to uh, read this, uh, this wonderful scripture. It says, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray from, that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. That Christ, then Christ will make his home in your heart as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Wow, that's so powerful. I'd just like to pray now. So yeah, dear Lord Jesus, um, I pray that you would sanctify me and cleanse me as I speak right now. Come with your Holy Spirit. Lord, use my lips to speak into the hearts um, of every person here. Lord, we're, we're taking a journey of love, and you are described as love. So I ask, Lord Jesus, that everybody would be ready to receive all that you have to give them this morning, Lord Jesus, as I speak. 
I pray this in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Yeah, so um, let's have a little look at Paul, the guy that wrote this, uh, this book of Ephesians. I've, I've got a lot in common with Paul, not anything to do with his ministry, but from my background of where I came. Now, um, Paul, was a, he was a Christian hater. He was a Pharisee, which if you imagine somebody high up in religion, um, and he, he was determined to eradicate Christ Jesus, and he was also determined to, to eradicate Christians. He was uh, present at the first stoning of, uh, of, of one of the disciples, which was St- Stephen, and he consented to that. And afterwards, he then went on uh, a crusade, or began a crusade, to, uh, to imprison and kill Christians. And for me, okay, I didn't imprison or kill anyone, but I certainly had a hatred towards the weakness I seen in Christian people, and I had a hatred towards God, and I had a hatred towards people, full stop. So where Paul may not have hated people like I did, but he certainly hated God the same as I did. Now, he was on his way to the road to Damascus, and he had an encounter with God. And um, it was an encounter that was to change his life completely. He abandoned everything that he was doing. And then he followed Jesus with everything. And uh, those who know, well, it ended up that he lost his life. He was decapitated um, because of uh, his love for Jesus and the fact that he would not stop proclaiming uh, Jesus Christ. He's seen thousands of people saved. He's seen thousands of miracles. And uh, it, was a, it was a wonderful life. So I've, I can feel uh, that my testimony, uh, as I come from a, a, a broken background of alcoholism and drug addiction, um, uh, where I was full of hate and violence, and then I had this meeting um, with Jesus, a beautiful meeting with Jesus. And once you've met Jesus, like if you're in doubt of whether you've met Jesus, right, you haven't. Right, if you've met him, you know you've met him. He changes you forever. But I met him and it was a beautiful thing. And it just so happens that it's Mother's Day today. And it was my mother's prayer, her, her commitment and her obedience to God and love of God that actually made her step out against a, a, an evil, arrogant son and proclaim truth and gospel. And she, she would have done it. Her and Alan were there. And I know in my heart that it would have been a nerve-wracking thing to do because I was intimidating. But she was desperate. She was desperate to see me saved. And Jesus was desperate to see Paul saved. So what happened there is obviously my life was transla- uh, transformed and now you see me. I'm here because I love Jesus not, not for no other reason. And I, well, actually, I love you too. But that's why I'm here to share this. And that's why Paul went on that journey because he felt the love of God and he had, the, he had an empowering to do that. And he had uh, a heart to do it. So, so when we look at this now, you've got, I want you to see that he's trying to talk to these Ephesians that have, they've, they've, they've become Christians. And he's desperate for them to see the journey that he's had with this love that he's felt from God. I mean, it was a power that came upon him, uh, it blinded him. Uh, and, and filled him with love. So what he's doing here is he's trying to 
pray over these these Ephesians, and because he wants them to to feel what he's feeling and get a real sense of God's heart. And uh, um, you know, when I look at uh, what he's he's trying to do here, um, it also makes me re- reflect back on what what happened to me is that I was I was without love. I was walking in a place where I couldn't feel love for anybody. And then all of a sudden, I had this, this encounter with Jesus. Um, and that is where my love, love started to develop. And this is what he's trying to, to say to, to the Ephesians. He's trying to say to them that, uh, you know, there's, there's a power that will help him love. So I just ask now that you would turn to 1 John 4 in your Bibles, verses 9 and 11. Now, if I look here, it should be under the the letter J. (laughs) Yes. Okay, so this is what what blew my mind. So so in that that time where I was thinking, okay, something amazing has happened. I've met Jesus. Um, It was like me running in head first. Now what I'd had to try and find out and discover is what has actually happened to me. And it says here, um, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. So this is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. So again there we see that Jesus Christ, he showed his love, or God showed his love by sacrificing Jesus Christ in our place, that he died for our sins on the cross. Um, where we've fallen short, Jesus took that punishment. And that's an amazing love, but actually it's, it's a really difficult thing to comprehend. So the theory of it makes sense. It's like, okay, so we've done something wrong. There's some, someone there to pay the price for it. And I, and I get that. So, you know, how does that relate to where I was? This journey's not that easy to explain, as, you, as, you, as you're probably seeing but I will endeavor to try and explain it. So what happened is that then, going back to my life, where I'd met this beautiful Jesus, I then had a, a passion to tell others about it from that love that I'd felt for him. Because I was broken and blasphemous and against him, I was blown away that he could love me. And because then his Holy Spirit and his power came upon me, I was desperate to share the good news of Jesus Christ, but kind of ill-equipped. So I just took a little step out, and um, I thought, well, can I share it with somebody, Lord? Just please give me the, the power to, set, to, to share it with somebody. And as I come along, I said, look, met one person, something amazing has happened to me. I've met Jesus, and this is what's happened. Then I bumped into another person. Hey, something amazing's happened. You know, I didn't know about explaining how people can really, really be freed by that exchange of Jesus. But I started to share. And I started to see that 
I loved people where I was incapable of loving them before. And it was just a, a mind-blowing thing. So out I went, and it, as, as it was going, um, I realized that you can't preach the gospel without signs and wonders so and miracles. So I just put them together, knitted them together, started to pray for people, and they started to be healed. People were being saved. And I was like, wow, this is incredible. But along the journey, people hurt you. You know, they, they hurt you in the streets. So you'll, they'll reject you. They push you back. And they, you know, they, and they come against your faith. Um, but I was full of love, God's love. And it, so it didn't make no difference. I just kept going and going. So, so in my journey then, what I started to do is share within the church and start to, to share with people the miracles that God was doing. And the wonderful things that uh, was happening to, to people on the streets, that they were accepting Jesus, and that their miracles were happening. And, but unfortunately, in many of those occasions, I then I got hurt within the church because I seen that there was no response to it, that n- nobody there was, there was no, no excitement about it in a sense, that not, not none, but I was just really shocked. So that hurt then had an effect on my ability to be able to love and share the gospel. But because I love Jesus, and I remember that first love, I still wanted to be obedient to him. So I I moved into obedience. So I started to learn how to share the gospel, and I was doing it out of obedience. And the problem is, is that the love started to diminish. You know, as I... As I was just doing it, I was, I was theorizing it. You know, I was like, okay, I've got this down. If I can get this across to people, they'll be convicted of their sin, they'll accept Jesus Christ as Lord, and they'll start walking in this wonderful journey that I'm walking in. But actually, my love was diminishing bit by bit. That beautiful thing that I had in Jesus Christ, first of all, was slowly starting to go away. And what I believe happened is that I slipped into obedience over love. And that was a big mistake. So when we look at the Ephesians, again here now, in, um, if, we, if we turn to Re- Revelations 2, for those of you who have got Bibles, we'll look at Ephesians. Um, it, and it says here, this is Jesus talking to the Ephesians. And he says, I know all the things you do, I have seen your hard work and your patient endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You have examined the claims of those who say they are apostles but are not. And you have discovered they are liars. You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. So it looks like they're doing pretty good at this point. You know, they're going for it. But I have this complaint against you, says Jesus Christ. You don't love each other or me as you did at first. Look how far you have fallen. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. If you don't repent, I will come, this is Jesus, and remove your lampstand from its place among the churches. Solid, solid words. And those words I speak to myself because This is what's happened for the Ephesians, you see. You had that massive prayer that Paul prayed for them in the beginning. And now where are they? They're obediently following this wonderful giftings. um, 
uh, and ministries that God has given them. But they're doing it without love. They're doing it without him. They've conformed back to the pattern of the world. Work, 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 get the job done. And this is where, we've, where I and we have lost our way in many, many, many uh, respects. It's that we have stopped searching for the love of God. We cannot minister without love. It's an impossible thing to do. Now, I'll paraphrase uh, um, what Paul says to the Corinthians. But the Corinthians were a naughty, naughty church. They were up to all sorts of mischievous stuff. And they were losing their way. And Paul should have just held his hands up and says, look, be done with them. They're not my responsibility. I've got Jesus. I'm going to plow on See who wants to know. But he didn't. By this time, he was just obsessed with love. I mean, when I say obsessed with love... He, he says one of the most loving claims he lays to uh, in the Bible, which is that, that he would swap his own salvation for the salvations of his brothers and sisters. Uh, I can't even begin to understand what he meant by that. But I believe that it was true because he was in all of his gospels, in all, sorry, all of the epistles and uh, all of his writings, you see that great depth of love. So... Um, yeah, so, so with, with that love that Paul has, uh, I've lost my trail now. Um, yes. So we've, paraphrasing, yeah. So we, where we look at Corinthians, thank you, darling. Uh, so when we look at Corinthians, she was going through my notes. <laughs> uh, um, we see, we see this, this mass of love and he's just saying, look, and he's, he's taking every single ministry within the church and he's, he's putting it on himself and saying, look, if I was the best I could be at this ministry, it would just be like nothing without love. It would be like a, the sound of a, a gong, just a noise, just a horrible noise. And then he goes on to say that all of these ministries will pass away. And this is the thing that we just need to grasp. That all of these ministries mean nothing. They are works compared to the endurance, the eternal endurance of love, of faith, you know, of joy. These things mean nothing aside of those. So Paul is still trying to encourage um, the Corinthians there that everything you're doing is worthless without love. And this is where I've been brought to with regards to ministry. So we've got lots of ministries in this church. We've got wonderful ministries. You know, the, the worship team, uh, the preaching team, the children's church, and, uh, and evangelists. And we've got people that care and serve and support and encourage. But what I want to encourage us now is into the fact that you cannot work this love into your ministries. You, you can't. It's not something you can do. It's not something you can learn. And that's where I want to go back to now. Those those massive, massive scriptures that we we were talking about earlier, which is if you if you love me, you'll follow my commandments. Well, out of obedience, you look at the commandments, you try to follow them, but out of love, pure love for God who saved you. You just want to follow his commandments. And we need an empowering to be able to do that. 
It's not something that we can do on our own. It's not something that we can work at. It's something that has to come from God. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back to Ephesians now. I'm going to read it again. So when I think... Is it all right to have that up then? Thank you. So when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. It's not you that's doing it. It's him. And it's him that did it in the first place. He called you into relationship with him. He empowered you to be able to sustain it against sin. It was him that did it in the first place, not you. It was just a humbling and an acceptance that brought Jesus uh, into your heart. Then Christ will make his home in your heart as you trust in him by faith. Your roots, so this is our roots, will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. You know, the emphasis is on this God's love. You know, when we're missing out, it's because we're not deep ingrained in his love. That's where we're missing out on what he's doing. It's always been about a relationship with, between us and Jesus. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. So as born-again Christians, or as people that haven't accepted Christ Jesus yet, this is a place that we need to be. We need to be in a place that we are complete with all fullness of life and power. So when we go out and we do our ministries, when we're ministering in any way that we minister to others, when we witness, every one of us knows that we're, that's been born again understands that we've been called to witness to Christ Jesus. We know it in our hearts, every one of us. But we can't do it unless we have this power, right? the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what we need. So this is it. Paul's praying for that power to come upon God's people so that they understand his love, so they know the depth of his love, and then they'll be complete with all the fullness of life. So when you then come and you witness, if you're full of life and power, it's not even about what you say. It's about what they see. It's about how they feel when they're around you. It's, it's not always about how you're hitting them with the gospel. It's about them going, wow, this guy's alive. This woman has got something that I want. What is it? It's power. It's power and life. And it's in abundance. And you say, well, is there enough for me? Well, let's go back. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources. Right, this is the creator. So he's proclaiming the creator of heaven and earth. He's saying, if you're worried there's not enough in the bank account, he's created everything, including yourselves. And I'll go as far as to say, as he is eternal, so as his resources are unlimited. 
They can't run out. So we need to pray. Pray that that love comes upon us. Pray that we have got that power. Um, And then we'll be complete uh, in the fullness of life and power that comes from God. So you know what I've been convinced of? I've been convinced uh, through this journey that that God loves, God does love me. He loved me enough to give his son, to give it on the cross. Now, I don't know it as theory. I know it right in here. It, it brings tears to my eyes when I think about uh, me being able to sacrifice my son, Piran, and say, okay, do you know what? You know, you, these guys have sinned. Let's get him. Let's put him on a cross. He can pay the price for it. You know, that's how real it is to me. And that was the picture that God gave me. And God's saying, Rather than understanding the horror of that, look at the love behind it. Look at the love behind it. So this is what I'm pleading to God, that he will impart his Holy Spirit onto to each and every one of you. Um, I'm going to pray for you now. And, and Paul, you know, Paul, he got down on his knees to pray for the Father, and that's something that I'm going to do. I'm going to get down on my knees and I'm going to pray this over each and every one of you. And I, and I want you to, to know that this is the difference between works and faith. This is really what it's all about. It's about love. You cannot minister God's truth without love. Um, I've tried it. It doesn't work. It puts people off. It turns people off and it turns people away. But love, no one can resist love, can they? You know, it is wonderful. Um, so yeah, if you want to bow your heads, bow your heads. Um, if not, just however you feel comfortable. So that I pray that from God's glorious unlimited resources that he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your heart as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep is his love. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Dear Lord Jesus, I just uh, pray now that your Holy Spirit would come upon every single person in this place that your power and fire would come down from heaven right now. I pray that every single person in this church has a new experience of God's love. Those who haven't been born again would feel the love of Christ Jesus for the first time pouring in and that it is a gift. It's not something that needs to be earned. That is something that God who loves us and gave his son for us on the cross is happy to give us. And he is desperate to give us. Yes, Lord Jesus, just keep pouring in your love right now, Lord Jesus. So that every heart is full, complete. Bring power, Lord Jesus. As we give up that yearning in our, in our hearts to work for our salvation, to work for our ministries, and we just accept that it's your power that makes it happen. 
Come upon us, Lord Jesus, right now. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Amen. So, now I can get back to my pitch. The pitch is basically, look, I want you guys to start to becoming witnesses, every single one of you, wherever you are. Do you know what? I know you want to witness. There's people you love that are not saved. You've got to tell them about Jesus. Uh, It is a commandment, but now you know how to do it. You just get, get into God, allow him to bless you and empower you. So as you then, you come into that cousin that you love, uh, but is not saved, you know, that friend from the shop, somebody in work, those people that you adore and you just couldn't bear to not see uh, in the kingdom of heaven, that you'll be able to reach out for them and that you've got God's love and power. You've got it. So as you come into their presence, they know there's something different. They know there's something different in you. And now you'll be able to share.